Well, good morning again. It's so good to be back with you. Uh, I tell you, um, that, that, that song, man, that just hit me. I mean, that... Because <clears throat> I'm already ramped up because I haven't preached for a couple weeks, right? <laughs> uh, but then I've been on the other side of the globe seeing brothers and sisters in Christ, worshiping God, being with them as we praise God together. And then, and then that song talks about how God is God of creation. He created the whole world. And yet, again, he, he saves each one of us. And today, we're going to talk about our story. That each one of us has a story. I met a lot of people um, in India who told me their story for the first time. It was so powerful, touched my heart. But each one of us has a story of God breaking into our life. If you're a Christian, there's a time where God stepped into your life. You encountered Jesus, and it changed you. But every story we tell is real about encountering Christ is really a story where we've encountered Christ and he's invited us into the epic story of creation. That story we just sang about that be began before time began. And God in his story, he created all things. And then as we fell, as in humanity fell and stepped away from God, he didn't leave us to our own devices, but then he stepped into human history. He stepped into human flesh and saved us. And then he invites each one of us to be a part of his epic story, the story of redemption. And, you know, most people love stories. One of the highlights um, whenever I travel abroad and teach uh, is, uh, yes, teaching's great. I love to teach. Uh, but one of the most powerful things is often after the class, uh, in being invited to some of the students' homes, and they tell me the story of how they came to Christ. And some of them came to Christ from a, a, back, a totally unchristian background. Some of them, their families disowned them when they came to Christ. But the power of story. And then they ask me, how did I come to Christ? And, and we share these stories. And each story is, it's a story of God's grace. And as we enter, you know, well, now it's January 2023. All of January, we've been talking about how at Second Baptist Church, our theme for this year is outreach. That as we talked uh, uh, among the church membership and said, what should be our focus? And most people said outreach. That outreach is really extending grace. Remember the, our, our, our focus verse, extending grace to more and more people to the glory of God. That's really the biblical definition of outreach taken from 2 Corinthians, extending grace to more and more people to the glory of God. Well, if we're going to do that, if we're truly going to extend grace to unchurched people, then each one of us is going to need to extend that grace, extend the love of Christ. And I know that can be awkward. Sometimes it's difficult, right? When you're sharing uh, about Jesus, it, yeah, it can get awkward, it can get difficult. 
but one of the, mo- the easiest ways and the most effective ways to extend God's grace to somebody is to share the story of how God entered into your life and showed grace to you. And that's what we're talking about today. Giving testimony. That's the fancy Christian word. Testimony is uh, talking about your story, telling your story about how God uh, entered into your life and changed it. And so it's not preachy. You're telling people simply what God has done for you and in you. It's one of the easiest and most effective ways of extending God's grace. And we all have a story. If you're a Christian, each one of you has a story of encountering God. And each one of you has a story that will touch somebody in a little bit different way because your story is different. God enters into our stories in different ways. And thank God for that because he is a God of the universe. And so he can touch people. He can meet people where they're at across the globe. No matter where they're at, he can reach down because he is the God of creation. Now, Acts 26 is our scripture today. And Acts 26 shows that giving testimony, sharing your story, it's, it's biblical. The apostle Paul actually does it twice, at least twice that's recorded. He tells the story about how God entered into his life, and he gives us an example of how to share our story. And so we're going to look at Acts 26. I'm going to read that to you. It's Paul's story of faith. And of course, although I've been away for two weeks, you can expect I'll give you some context. This will never change, right? (laughs) That Paul, he's been arrested, and he has to appear before various authorities. And that's difficult. Being arrested is difficult. But he uses that difficult situation to tell people about Jesus. And he often tells his story. And in Acts 26, this is actually the second time he gives testimony. And he's appearing before this king called King Agrippa II. And he ruled the district of Syria on behalf of Rome at this time. And he was grandson of Herod the Great. So, let me read Acts 26. So Agrippa said to Paul, you've permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I'm going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you're familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. Okay, that's just the introduction. Now he's going to give his testimony. And you'll notice there's three parts to his testimony. B.C., before Christ, and then how he met Christ, Christ coming into his life, and then A.D., right, after, life after. It's similar to the story of the world. There's before Christ came, there's Christ came on on Christmas, right, we celebrate that, and then there's after. So it's the same three basic parts of our testimonies, our stories, before Christ, how we met Christ, and then after. So... Paul begins with his testimony, verse 4. This is B.C. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation and in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they're willing to testify, that according to the strictest party of our religion, I've lived as a Pharisee. 
So here Paul's saying that, you know, again, Paul's Jewish, Jesus is Jewish, all the, the early Christians are Jewish, and he's saying, yes, I, I was a strict follower of this party known as the Pharisees. Verse 6, and now I stand here on trial because of my hope and the promise made by God to our fathers, to which our 12 tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope, I'm accused by the Jews, O king. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead? I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Okay, so that's before he met Christ. He would probably be voted the least likely to become a Christian. Right? because he persecuted Christians. He chased them down. And how he met Christ, he's actually on his way to Damascus to arrest some more Christians. So this is now the part, verse 12 and following, is how he met Christ. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the high priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you've seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, and that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me." So that's his story of how he met Christ. Okay, now verse 19, this is A.D., what happened after he met Christ. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day, I've had the help that comes from God. And so I stand here testifying, both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. So that's after it changed. And Paul went from trying to kill Christians to trying to make more of them. All right, and now... This next part, the last part, is the reaction. And as Paul was saying these things in his defense, Festus, so Festus, this is an Uncle Festus. Um, <laughs> Festus was another governor who had invited King Agrippa. Um, as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I'm not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I'm speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly, for I'm persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. 
King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether short or long, I would that God, not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Then the king rose and the governor and Bernice and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, this man has done nothing wrong, nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Okay, so we see here these three important elements of testimony. We, first of all, we see Paul's testimony, how he came to Christ and how God totally changed his life. But again, we see that Paul, he grew up, his story, B.C., is he grew up a devout um, uh, person, trained as a strict, in the strict um, sect of the Pharisees. And so those of you, maybe you grew up in a Christian home, or maybe you grew up in a religious, very strict religious upbringing. Well, Paul's story maybe speaks to you. But Paul was not just indifferent to the message of Christ, because, you know, a lot of people are just indifferent, like, ah, he was violently opposed to it. He was the least likely to convert in our thinking. And yet, what happened? That was B.C. He encounters Christ. He encounters Christ. And for Paul, it was quite remarkable. You might have heard that terminology. Oh, he had a Damascus Road experience. Well, Paul, that comes from Paul. He had a Damascus Road. On his way to Damascus to arrest Christians, he has a vision of Jesus and a bright light knocks him down and all those who are with him. And he's even blind for a time. And that is when he believes that this Jesus was the Messiah he was waiting for. Because see, as a trained Pharisee, he knew and expected that the Messiah would come and he would bring resurrection from the dead. And now that he has met the risen Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, he knows that he is who he said he was. He's the one we were waiting for. And now he believes. And then he's baptized. And then after Christ, right, A.D., Paul's life totally changed. He, he goes from persecuting Christians to, to trying to make more of them. And then God also calls him to spread the good news, to tell his story throughout the world. And it causes him to testify, not just to, uh, you know, folks on the street. He does that a lot, but also testify before kings. And he goes, the, the book of Acts ends with him in Rome, testifying the story of Christ. And now Paul says, I'm a part of that story. God has invited me into what he was doing. I couldn't see it, but now I see, and now God has invited me into his story of redemption. So before Christ, how you meet Christ, after Christ. So that was Paul's story, but how about you? What's your story? Now, when it comes to Christian testimony, it it should, be, it should result in people thinking more about God than you. So, so yes, it's your story, but really it's about how God has brought you into his epic story and his plan. How he's opened your eyes to see that he is the creator of the world and that he has saved us. And that story of redemption, he, he offers it as a gift to any of those who want to step into his epic story. So that is why when we testify, we, we want to point people 
not to, wow, that was an in, that's interesting how you became a Christian, but more we want to point people to the bigger promises of Scripture. Because this isn't just about, you know, God saving me. This is about God's plan for the world. So we want people to actually get past us. <laughs> that, yeah, my story might be a, a way to get you thinking about God, but really what we want people to do is to step into God's epic story, to become a part of what he's doing. And that's what the Apostle Paul does in, in, in his testimony. Did you notice in verse 22 through 23, he, he points them to the, larger, to the larger story found in Scripture, a story that culminates in Christ. He says in verse 22, to this day, I've, I've had the help that comes from God, and so I stand here testifying, both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said would come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. Paul's saying, my, yeah, my story is part of God's bigger story that we read in the scriptures, because the Bible is, it's, it's God's story, really. It's, it's the, the, um, the collection of how God has uh, touched people's lives, how he's spoken to them, and now they have written God's story, and it culminates in Christ. Now, you might think, well, I don't know. I can tell my story, but I don't know, about, I don't know much about the Bible yet. Well, Paul he simply refers to the fact that Christ's life, his death, his resurrection line up with what God has revealed in, of his plan in Scripture. And again, that's important because we want people to go further. We want them to go to God's big story, to look at that, to follow Christ for themselves. And so, yes, our story is a, is a way to get them to look to God and then look to his bigger story in the Scripture because the next step for many people, is to then look into the bigger story of God themselves in the scripture, which they find in the spirit-inspired scripture, because the Bible is the story of God. Now, sometimes when you share your story, people will reject you and reject the, the Christ that you say you've claimed to have met. Um, this happened to Paul. Right, um, So we should expect sometimes that'll happen to us too. Uh, we are simply called to testify to God's grace in our life, and we're not responsible for how people respond. We're just responsible to tell of God's grace. Um, and as we testify, tell our story, sometimes that response will be negative or mixed. So, for instance, in Acts 26, 24 through 20, 42, Festus and Agrippa, if I were to sort of give cliff notes of their response to Paul when Paul tells his story. Basically, Paul, you're crazy, but you are innocent of the charges. Okay, that would, that would be mixed, right? Paul, you're out of your mind, but you are innocent. You don't deserve to be in jail. So again, a mixed reaction there. Now, while many people didn't respond positively to Paul and his story, many people did. God used Paul to invite countless others into the epic story of eternal life. And we know some of their names. Uh, for instance, uh, Timothy, Titus, Lydia. These are people we read about in the scriptures who Paul touched and extended grace to them and it changed their lives and then their story was taken up into the epic story of God. So we know their names, but there's countless others, hundreds, thousands, who we don't know their names, but we know 
that they've been taken up into God's epic story, and God knows their story. God changed their story. But it all started with someone reaching out to share God's grace, telling them what God had done in their life, and inviting them into God's story, and they accepted that invitation. It's a testimony. That's why it's so important for us to share our stories, to testify. But a couple notes. To, you know, testimony, it's, it's not just for evangelism. And what I mean by evangelism is when you tell non-Christians about Christ because you want them to believe. Now, Paul was doing that. We read about his testimony. That's what he was doing. That was his purpose. But a testimony is not just for unbelievers, but believers, as I mentioned, uh, you know, in, in India, when I was hearing the stories of these, these people who have come to faith, it encouraged me so much. Last year, we had a speaker, uh, Dave Cashin, uh, those of you who are here, who grew up in Amherst, and he, was, he told his story. He was, he was a hoodlum. He was in, in, in trouble with the law and into drugs, and then God came and changed his life, and then he became a missionary and a professor at a seminary, and he told us that story. And then Tom Holosofsky, a couple of weeks after that, comes and tells basically the same story because he and Dave used to hang out. And as a Christian, as a believer, that encouraged me. And I'm sure it encouraged some of you. Maybe some of you have a, a, a child who is in trouble with the law. And then you hear that story and it encourages you and says, wait a minute, God can still enter into that situation. So testimonies aren't just for unbelievers, they're for believers. They, it encourages us when we share our testimony. So tell your story to unchurched, unbelieving people. Yes, do that, but tell it to the church as well. Tell it to us, share it with one another, because it reminds us that God is big, that even if I'm down, if I'm going through a difficult time and I can't see how God is working in my life, you come with your testimony and you talk about what God is doing. It reminds me that God is bigger than me. Amen. That's why the other part of testimony is it's not just about your testimony of conversion. Uh, although again, this is what Paul's doing. He's talking about how he became a Christian. Testimony, it's not just about conversion because testimony is you're testifying to however God has entered into your life, however, whatever grace he's been putting in your life. Um, but it's the same basic elements, right? That there's before Christ, then there is the um, how Christ entered, and then after, how have things changed? Okay, so for instance, someone might testify and say, you know, I was diagnosed with a certain sickness, right? That, that I really need Christ to enter my life. And then what happens, right? Christ enters in, and it could be through the prayers of the church. That, that, and then after, well, God healed me or God strengthened me. Or, or God brought someone into my life to, to uh, help me in this. So testimonies, yes, they can be your story of conversion, but it can be any story of God entering in and changing your story, shifting your story. When I was in uh, New Delhi, I was talking with a pastor. I'm not, and again, one, I'd love to tell you more privately about some of the things that happened, but because India is not a, a, a very especially northern India, not a very favorable place for Christians. I don't want to go into details of particular names. 
But one particular pastor, he was sharing me, with me a testimony of, of a mother who uh, came to his church uh, uh, like six months ago with her, her young son who was like nine years old and she was distraught because her, uh, the doctors said this boy has some sort of uh, blood ailment and, and, uh, and um, he didn't know the word in English but in, and, and that he couldn't, uh, basic, basically they said this boy's only got a couple days, couple weeks tops to live. And so this distraught mother brings this boy to the church. And so the pastor says, well, let's pray. Let's ask God to intervene into this situation. And then the whole church, they're praying and they're praying and they're still praying. And guess what? That boy is still living. <laughs> and it's been like eight or nine months and he's doing well. But see, there's the story of before Christ. Okay, what's the issue? This boy is in, uh, is in peril. How? How did Christ enter that situation? All right, it wasn't through a flashy uh, light from above. It was simply through people praying. God enters into that congregation, and after, the boy is still well. So this is a story of God's grace. So tell the stories. Tell the stories of what God has done in your life. Not just how you first met him, but what he's done for you today or what he did for you last week. And so really, that's the response that I think this, this scripture is calling us, how it's calling us to respond, is you need to tell your story. Testify. If 2023 is going to be a year of outreach, then we all need to tell the story of God's grace. Yes, do it personally. Do go to your neighbor. Tell them about why, you know, when they ask you, why are you gone every Sunday? Well, I go to church and they go, ah, that's kind of boring. Well, it's like, well, yeah, the pastor is kind of boring. But <laughs> more importantly, more importantly, you know, I met Jesus and it's changed my, my value. All of this, tell your story. But I also want to invite you, and this is where, how I want you to respond. I want to include more testimonies. There's nothing quite as powerful as the message, the, 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 the scripture, and understanding the scripture as the Holy Spirit intended it, and then having someone come and testifying to that very thing in scripture to show that this ancient word is still relevant and still powerful today. The spirit still works today. And when someone testifies to that, it changes lives. Amen. So perhaps you have a story. Perhaps, and I know you do, if you're a Christian, you have a story. Tell that story. And, and so, you know, we have those connection cards, and you might say, oh, I have a story to tell, I want to tell it. Write it down, put it in the plate, because I'm looking for uh, folks to share, for our Lent series especially, as we, as we look. I want folks to uh, be able to give a testimony I, uh, during Sundays, because, again, there's something powerful about our Stories, and I need a lot of them. And yes, conversion stories. Now, some of you might be saying, well, uh, my story is kind of boring. We need that story because there's somebody who God is touching. And if they expect, all right, that I need a light from above, like the Apostle Paul, to strike me blind for a while. Like, that's how people become Christians. Well, not always. That happened with Paul. Oftentimes, you know what it is? It's as we gather together in a church service much like this. There's no bells and whistles. There's no bright lights. But there's the Spirit of God moving in your heart. And that day, 
even though no one else sees it around you, that day you meet Christ and your life changes. Your story takes a change, takes a shift, and you're never the same again. Your AD is so much different than your BC because you met Jesus. And so people need to hear your boring story that's not that boring because it means you met God on this day. And then we also need stories of folks of, you know, maybe God has brought you through some life-threatening illness. That hasn't happened to me, right? I haven't had a life-threatening illness that God has brought me through. I can't tell that story, but you can And there's somebody who needs to hear that. There's somebody who is going through a life-threatening illness and they're at the end of their own human ability and they're crying out to God and they're wondering, can God show up in my story even though I'm at the end? And then you stand up and say, yes, because God entered into my story when I was at the end. Chris Swedberg's a testimony to that. And we've heard her story and so much, so many of us are encouraged by it. So we need lots of stories. And so will you grow in your comfort in telling your story also? So, and I know some of you are like, oh, I don't like talking in front of people. Well, some, there's different ways to tell that story. And on, on February 12th, right after the church service, I'm going to have like a testimony workshop. Uh, what that means is right after church, we're going to you know, grab your coffee, we'll have some snacks, and then we're going to talk about these simple steps to sharing your story. And even if you've shared your story and you're comfortable with it, please come to encourage those people who want to grow in it. So that's February 12th. So maybe that's your response. Maybe your response is, yes, I know I need, I have a story to tell and I want to, but I just don't know how. Well, then maybe a baby step, a step towards that is, all right, let me go to this workshop and, 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 and be equipped to maybe do this in a way that I'm more comfortable with. But whatever the case, tell your story. Even if you're a pro, you know, come to the workshop, help other people. And then finally, the final response is, you know, maybe you're here and you're like, ah, I don't really know if I have a story of how God entered my life because I don't know if he ever has. Maybe today is the day that you have that life-changing encounter with Christ. Maybe today is the how Christ enters into your life. And even now, maybe you're feeling the pull, that pull that I, I know he's real. I know Christ died for my sins. I know his story is true and that he rose from the dead. I know that I'm a sinner and I don't deserve his grace. If you're feeling that, then step into the gift. Like, this is the time where Christ wants to meet you. He wants to change your life. And yeah, there might not be a huge light. And again, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it won't be, that you won't be stricken blind like Paul. Because <laughs> I'm not sure what to do. I mean, I'll lay hands on you, but we'll also call the ambulance. I don't know. <laughs> but this could be the day where you say, you know, January 29th, 2023. That was the day when I finally and fully said, as best as I knew how, yes to God. And he changed my story. So 
As we sing our final song, I have a couple invitations. One is, yes, if you want to say yes to God and you know this is the day, it's helpful to pray with someone. And I'll be here. Ingrid is going to be with me to, to pray with folks. And then there'll be folks in the back to pray with. And if, if this is the day and you just know you want to give your life to Christ, come forward. But for those of you who've already trusted in Christ, that is already, your story has already changed. Maybe there's something in your story that you're just tired of and you want God to change it. You want God to enter in, whether it's a sickness, financial, relational, something, but your story's not going the way that you had hoped to go. Come forward, we'll pray for you, then God will enter in. And today will be a shift in your story. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your big story. It's bigger than any one of us. But Lord, I pray now that you'd be, Holy Spirit, you'd be speaking to us. You would be giving us a desire to, to encounter you in a way that changes our story today, no matter where we're at. But then, Lord, I also pray that you would be inspiring us to share our stories of your grace with our church family, but also those outside. Thank you that you're a big God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.